So the recording has begun. Yeah, I said, I asked earlier, I said, is Bitcoin also cryptocurrency? Yes, yes, it is. So I want to start from the very beginning, okay? Trading or investing, when you trade or you invest, yeah. uh, like the market woman who goes to the market to buy and to buy or sell okay. and you could also say you're the customer who goes to buy things and the market woman is selling to you so there's a buyer there's a seller so there is a market it's the same thing with trading there is a global market so this market spans through the globe different continents different countries different cities different people different types of traders and there are different things you can buy and sell in this market it's like a normal market you can buy fish you can buy clothes you can buy cars you can buy uh, water you can buy anything in the market so in this global market you have different participants okay not just individuals you have individuals you have corporations you have uh, governments you have regulators you have so many kinds of participants in the market and you have different types of things you can buy and sell now these things you buy and sell they are referred to as assets or securities so the, the, the place to start is to know what let me see where should you start first of all you need to know there's a market the market is global okay it's not limited to one city or one country or one continent you can be in you can be in hong kong and access the market in london it's all from your computer screen now there are different kinds of markets there are different kinds of markets there is let me see if I can. Are you still seeing my screen? Yeah, you still see my screen. Yeah. I think okay. there's a way to write on this screen. Let me see. Uh, um, annotate. Do I want to annotate? Oh, interesting. Uh, so there is a foreign exchange market have you ever seen that word before yeah you've seen that before yes very very popular so there's a foreign exchange market in that market you are exchanging currencies forex a lot of people talk about forex you must have heard of forex before let me switch this to something brighter or thicker than that, red. So there's a foreign exchange market. Scroll down. Hold on. Uh, nope, that's not what I want. Okay, that's what I want. I'm gonna erase this. And I'm gonna use this as my writing
Okay, so there is a, not you. There is a foreign, oh my God. Where is the pen? Is it this, it should be this. Yeah, that's it. There is a foreign, no, too thick. That one. Yeah, that one. Foreign exchange. Still not getting this right. Wow. Do you know how to use this? Okay, yeah. fixed it. Foreign exchange. That's the one you hear about all the time, Forex. So there you're exchanging currencies. US dollar, Japanese yen, USD, JPY. There is um, US dollar, Hong Kong dollar. There is the Euro to the US dollar, Euro USD. There is, there are several of them, so many. Every country that has a currency will have some sort of pair for their currency that you can trade. So there's a market for that. It's the Forex market, foreign exchange market. There is this one as well. You must have heard of this. Yes. Stock market. So when companies... Why does the stock market exist? When a company wants to, um, wants to raise money, when a company is established initially, the owners of the company are the founders and the people who you know, uh, contributed to the founding of the company. But after a while, the company begins to grow and they need more money to expand. What do they do? They ask members of the public to come and become part owners of that company. So they issue out shares to the public. So when you buy shares in the company, the company becomes listed on a stock exchange. So initially, that public offering is the IPO, initial public offering. And after the IPO, the company is now listed in the stock exchange. It is now public. Anybody who has capital can invest in that company. So the company's shares are listed on the stock exchange. We call that stock or equity. So that's a stock exchange. That's another market. So if you want to buy shares in a company, you don't go to the Forex market. You go to the stock market. Oh, there is another market called the, the bond market. Oh. If the government wants to borrow, you, you must have had a lot of com countries being in debt. Exactly, I think Nigeria borrowing from China? Well, that's not, that's not, I don't know how that works. That's not really, those are not bonds. But there's another way they can raise money. 
from the public, not from another country. So one way the government, it's not just the government, even companies can do this too. I see. Local government can do this. So what they do is they issue out bonds. So if the, if England wants to raise some money, it will issue out bonds to the people living in England. So what it is saying is the government needs money. So we want the people in England to lend to the government. Every, it's, it's more secure because you can trust that the country, England, will pay you back. See. It's less risky when you're lending to an individual. That individual might run away, might die, might decide not to pay you back. So it's, it's, le- it's very risky. But when you, borrow, when you lend to the government, the government is not Currency. running away. They're not running away. They will always be there. So they will pay you back. So that's done through bonds. So there's a bond market. There is a futures, futures market. So in the futures market, uh, historically, there was a time when farmers plant their crops and when these crops are harvested, the farmers want to sell to the uh, customer, whoever needs the, the crops. Okay, so you have the farmers who are producing the crops or the livestock, they are the producers. Then you have those who need the finished or the farm produce, maybe the chicken or the, the beef or the the corn or sugar, these people will manufacture other products from these raw materials. So mm-hmm. you have these two parties. Now what happens is the farmers produce the produce, they take it to uh, the exchange. There's a place called an exchange where I bring my corn, you come over there and you exchange money for the corn, okay? An exchange takes place. So over time, some farmers decided, wow, conditions for the harvest are terrible, okay? So I might not be able to have as much produce as, I'm, as I usually have. What if I could you know, lock in the price for my harvest at this current rate that is favorable to me. You see where I'm going with that? So yeah. what if I could get someone to agree to a price now and then in six months time, because I know the weather is going to be bad, it's going to be a hurricane, my, my, uh, or something's going to affect the price and the price will fall in the future. If I can lock in the price now, I will be able to make the amount of profit I want or I expect irrespective of whatever happens in the future. So they were able to find people or the other party that is willing to enter into that contract. So the farmer locks in the price for the future. Someone enters into a contract that I will buy your produce at this price in the future. So that's how the futures market came about. So you have an exchange where 
these exchanges usually take place. And then over time, it became the futures market. And today, it's not even farmers that are exchanging their produce with, uh, with uh, manufacturers anymore. It's just traders that are buying contracts. Some of these traders don't even have any produce to exchange. They're just buying contracts. Okay, I'm going to buy gold at this price, irrespective of what happens in the future. Someone else will take the other side of that contract. So that's how the futures market came about. You can find much better explanations online, but that's just a summary. Okay, so you have the futures market. In that market, you can trade agricultural products, corn, sugar cane, uh, orange juice, um, uh, what do you call livestock. You can trade commodities, raw materials. Anything that is a raw material that needs to be manufactured into a finished good, you can trade them at the, com at the commodity exchange. That is the futures market. But today, it's not only commodities. They just trade contracts now. Contracts and commodities. So I have one, two, three, four markets. Which other one is there? I think, well, now we have cryptocurrencies. Hmm. Cryptocurrency market. So you have these new digital currencies or digital assets. They are not stocks, they're not bonds, they're not commodities, they're not, uh, they're not uh, fiat money, like you trade in the foreign exchange. They are something entirely new. So they are, crypto is the most, is the newest kind of asset or security that you can trade. Hmm. Perfect example is Bitcoin. So you can trade Bitcoin for Ethereum, you can you know, exchange, there isn't, there, there isn't a market for crypto because, because of the way it came about. There is no central market. But, on, but like, like the commodity exchange that I just explained in the futures market, you have exchanges. It's the same thing for the stock market. You have a central location where you can buy and sell your cryptocurrency, but they are scattered all around the world. I'll show you an example of one. Uh, okay. I'll show you an example. Let me turn this off. This is an example of, uh, let me open Coinbase. No, it's not really Coinbase. Mm. Let me see. Uh, these, this is a, these are these are some of the cryptocurrencies that are listed for. This is not an exchange, but you can find your exchanges here. There are several of them. Spot exchanges. Okay, let me look at this. There's several of them. You have, okay, these are, these are, this is a list of some of the exchanges. You have Binance, you have Huobi, Coinbase Pro, Kraken, Bithon. So these exchanges are scattered all across the world. 
it's not like the traditional market where you have one exchange in one country. For example, in, in the UK, you have the London Stock Exchange. Everybody who wants to trade in London goes to the London Stock Exchange. In the past, you have to go there physically to trade. Okay, you have to be a trader. You be, I think some of them are, I think you have to buy a spot or be licensed to trade there. So you go there to trade physically. Now you don't have to go there. You can trade online. Hmm. So cryptocurrency, because it's a new asset, it never experienced, never went through that period where you had to go to an exchange to trade. So if I have enough capital, I can set up my own exchange for cryptocurrencies. That's how, that's how, um, that's how different it is from the traditional market. So these, these ones here, we call them the traditional market. Mm. Crypto is quite new. Lots of young people trade cryptocurrency. Uh, now I hope I haven't left anyone out. Let me check to see. Stocks, ETFs. ETFs are index funds. They're basically, you take several stocks, you put them into a basket, and then that basket is traded as a stock. That's what an ETF is. So I can take the stock for Apple, Google, um, HSBC, um, which other one, Netflix, take all those companies, put their stock into a basket and then trade that basket as one stock. So the performance of that ETF, which is the basket, will be the resultant performance of all the stocks in the basket. That's what the ETF is. So with, you can get very creative with ETFs. Then you have crypto indices. So when you have the stock market, all the stocks in the stock market, we can track the performance of all the entire market. That is every stock listed on, in that market. We can track it as an index. So you have an index for the London Stock Exchange. The London Stock Exchange is where all the stocks in let's say the uk not necessarily but let's say all the stocks in england are listed in the london stock exchange so we can now have an index that is showing the performance of all those stocks that's what indices are so an etf is an index fund commodities gold there are different types you have metals like gold silver platinum copper you have uh, grains like wheat corn, rice, soybean, you have, um, you have uh, other things like lumber, livestock, orange juice, uh, different things, commodities, raw materials, then you have currencies. So I think that's all. I don't think I'm, if I remember anyone later on, I'll mention it. So these are the markets. Remember, it's a global market. Then in that global market, you have these different types of markets. So you can decide to be a stock trader. 
or a forex trader or a bond trader or a futures trader or a crypto trader you can also decide to trade all of them but it's it's easier to be an expert in one because there's so much to learn so it's easier to focus on one the same way you don't want to be an accountant and a psychologist and a medical doctor you want to focus on one and you want to master it because they are slightly different to trade these you need to monitor different things so those are the markets and for each of these markets you have an exchange it's not there's no centralized exchange for the forex market there's no centralized exchange for cryptocurrencies for um, for the futures market you have a centralized exchange there's a centralized exchange there for the stock market there is a centralized exchange so what i mean by centralized exchange is if you want to trade stocks listed in, listed in england you go to the london stock exchange lse if you want to trade stocks in the us you go to the uh, you either go to the new york yeah that's ny new york stock exchange or you go to the american exchange or you go to the nasdaq there are several exchanges so these are centralized the bond market mm, i'm not an expert in bond markets forex it's just over the counter there's no centralized exchange so where you have centralized exchanges it's a lot easier to to get information trading is all about the right information at the right time so with these centralized markets or exchanges you can get all the information you need about what is going on because it's coming from one place with the forex market and the crypto market the information is coming from different exchanges so it's much more difficult to monitor and know and get a clear picture of the entire market so take note of that when you're deciding what you want to trade okay. get rid of this now we know the global market we know the markets and the exchanges how do you get gain access to this markets so you are here this is you you want to trade this market now to trade this market you can't just go there some people can but nobody does that nobody really wants to do that anymore because why do you want to go to london every day stand in the stock exchange floor and trade if you can do that in your in your home in your flat so you need a middleman to connect you that middleman is the broker 
So you need a broker. So you open an account with the broker and then the broker connects you to the, to the market. That's how it works. So an example of a broker is what I have here. This is my broker, eToro. So if I want to buy Bitcoin, come here, go to, current, go to cryptocurrencies, and you can see Bitcoin there. Click on Bitcoin, takes me here, and I can click on trade on the top right here. Click on trade. It asks me, how much do you want to buy? Or do you want to sell? You can click on sell, buy. So that's how it works. And before I can do that, this is my virtual account. I need to have some money in my account. You see? So when you open an account with a broker, you transfer some funds into that account. This is my capital here, fake money. And then I can buy Bitcoin or buy uh, a currency pair or buy an ETF or a commodity and I can trade just like that. Let me should I put this. So that's how it works. So you need a broker to connect you. So once you are set up with a broker, then you need to know what the assets are. So global market, the exchanges, or the localized market like the stock market or the forex market, then you have the brokers, then you have the assets or the securities. So these are the examples of the assets. Stocks, ETFs, crypto, indices, commodities, currencies. These are examples of, um, of commodities. So these are your commodities. You can trade oil, that's crude oil. So you, you can categorize them into different categories. You have energy. Under energy, you have crude oil, you have natural gas, you have gasoline, you have lubrication oil, so many. You can have metals, gold, silver, copper, platinum, palladium. You can have um, agricultural produce, sugar, cotton, cocoa, wheat, aluminum, nickel, no, not nickel. So you can have several things. There's, there's much more than that. So those are your assets. So that's a summary of the, of the market. So which one are you interested in? Um, I think I'll go for crypto. Crypto. Okay. Maybe you change your mind later. All right. So why did you shout crypto? Like, is it, um, doesn't it pay well? Is it too expensive or what? Mm, depends on what you know. If you want to find something to trade, you need to yeah. trade what you understand. Simple, what you simple understand. version? 
What did you say? Is it a simple version, something more simplified? Is that what you mean? No. You trade what yeah. you understand, what you know. Yeah, you just explained this one to me now. And oh, no, I haven't explained anything to you. I just summarized the market. I haven't talked about crypto or stocks or anything. I'm just talking about the market in general. You need to know if you're going to, if you want to go to the market, if you want to buy, if you want to buy, you want to buy jewelries now. Okay. You don't, you don't go to, uh, where should you not go? You don't go to Sports Direct if you want to buy jewelries. You need to go to the right market, the right place where you can find what you're looking for. So if you want to buy stocks, yeah. you need to know the stock market, where your stock can be found. You don't want to look for your stock on a crypto exchange. You won't find it there. So that's why I was explaining all of that. Oh, I see. Okay, you mean if I would be interested in cutting cocoa or this ones? Yeah, I was just wondering if you okay. already know what no, you I... want to do or, uh, or you just want to make money. Let me look at the trend. Could you scroll up a bit? There's no trend here. These are just... There are many more. Like, okay, I mean the, li oh. the, option, the list. Yeah. Um, no, 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 no. I'm not asking for the asset now. I'm asking for the type of type of assets, asset class. So, so you have. Let me show you this. Okay. You have what's it called? Uh, what's the name of this website? Mm -hmm. Oh, can't remember the name. What's the name of this website? Trade. Oh, can't remember the name of this website. There are different asset classes. Okay. So these are asset classes. Stocks, ETFs, crypto, indices, commodities, currencies. Okay, these are your asset classes. It's always good to know which asset class you want to. If you're starting, you want to start with one of them. You want to know it very well. Anyway, leave that for now. Right. Next thing you need to know is how do you want to approach the market? Do you want to approach it as a trader or as an investor? Are you trading or investing? Trading is more short-term. Investing is more long-term. Trading will require you to pay more attention to the day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week or month-to-month -month ongoings in the market. I prefer in investing. Investing. So you want to make money slowly. Yeah. So this is trading view. This is how you view the prices of the assets that are being traded in the market. So if you're trading, trading can have different time frames. Okay, there are different ways to trade. You can have a day trader. A day trader could be trading 
on a one minute time frame. Now, unless let me use five minutes. So what this means is each of these, this is what you call a candle. Each of these bars is a candle. So that candle is representing the price, price distribution over that time frame. Now on the right hand side, you have the price of the asset. That's what this numbers signify. On the horizontal axis at the bottom, you have the time. So you have time and price. Time, price. So each of this candle yeah. is showing you what the price was over a five minute period. Because right now I am in the five minute time frame. So if I pick, if I pick this candle here, what this candle is saying is when the market opened, price opened here at this level, then price went that high, that's the high point for the, for the five minutes then it came down and this is the low point for the five minutes and then price closed here. And then we moved on to the next five minutes, which is this candle. So that's how you read the candle. So if you are a day trader, you could be trading five minute time frames. So for the time, five minute time frame, this is my yeah, where's my? From this point here, that's the start of the day, to this point here. No. Here. This is the end of the day. Okay, that's one day, that's the 20th of August. And then you can see the date here, 20th, 21st. So from this point here, all the way here, is the 21st of August. Okay, so the, the day trader that's trading the five minute time frame on the 21st of August. Yeah. The market started trading here. So he or she is trying to take advantage of this movement in price. Price came down. So when price comes down here, he wants to buy it here. Why? Because at the end of the day, price went up, 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 up and he wants to sell it here. So he would have bought at 337 and sold at 339. So he's going to make a profit. So you're monitoring all those small movements in price over a five-minute time frame. Now, the day trader might say, oh, the five-minute time frame is too, it's too small. I need something wider. So you can also trade one hour. Mm. Now, this is the one-hour time frame. So for the one-hour time frame, each candle represents one hour. So the entire 
day of Friday is from, you know, this is the last one hour, and this is the first hour. Remember, you, the market is not open for 24 hours. Okay, it's like a nine to five job. Well, this is something else you need to consider when you're choosing the asset class. If you're trading stocks, because traditionally, the traders that were trading in the stock market had to go to the stock exchange where they stand or they have their offices or their pits in the, on the trading floor. And maybe they go there at 9 a.m. when it's open and they trade till 4.30 p.m. then closes. Then they go home and they come back on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the exchange is closed come back on Monday. So that's how it used to work. That's how it still works. And then you have currencies. Currencies don't have a centralized exchange. So you can start trading any time of the day. It's on for 24 hours. You can trade 12 midnight to 11 p.m. There's no centralized exchange. So you trade from your, from your PC or wherever it is you have access to it. And then on Friday, it closes at 10 p.m. That's UK time. And then Saturday, no trading. Sunday, it opens around 10 p.m. Yes, Sunday opens 10 p.m. And that goes on into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then it closes 10 p.m. again. And then we had the development of cryptocurrencies. Cryptocurrencies, no centralized exchange. You can trade 24 hours. So Monday to Sunday, trading is always open. That's why a lot of people who have just begun to trade they love crypto because it's open 24 hours oh yeah the traditional traders they see trading as a job okay mm. but the younger people it's almost a way to make <laughs> money and it's also entertainment they always want to look at it so it's always there and they love that so on saturday you're still watching the chart you're still trading on sunday you have something to look at so they like that so if you are trading the one hour time frame, these are all the candles you have from the, mm. so for Friday, all you have is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven hours of trading in a day. That's all you have. So you see that you can't really see a lot of movement. So the same movement I showed you in the five minutes, which is from, where is it? Five minutes. From here, I think I have included, what's today's date? This is 22nd. Oh yeah, I'm right, yeah. That's the last. So this movement from 
here to here on Friday, which you're looking at on the five minute time frame, which shows you a lot of swings buy, sell, buy, sell. Sorry, could I ask what is buy? What is sell? The, the, the candles is we have red and green. Does green. it indicate buy and sell? No, green means the price closed higher. Red means the price closed lower. So just look okay. at what I'm showing you. This whole movement. Yeah. On the one hour time frame, that is from, from here to here. You see that? Yeah. So some people are not comfortable with this. Oh, it doesn't show a lot of movement for them. They're trying to take advantage of the movement in price, the change in price. If you now go to the four hour time frame, see, it becomes smaller. So look at this. Five minutes, if I switch to one hour, looks like that. If I switch to four hour, looks like that. If I now switch to one day, see, that's the candle. The whole of Friday is shown in one day. So what am I saying here? If you're a day trader, all your trading is done within the seven hours of trading for that day. You want to make your profits within those seven hours. So you're, you're going to have to deal with short time frames. If that is not convenient or if you don't like that, if it doesn't suit you, you can be a swing trader. Swing trader is looking for greater movements in the price. So what I'm showing you now is the daily chart. So each candle here is one day. So this low here is the 15th of June. Mm. So this is the 15th of June and this is today. That's how many days. That is like two months, more than two months, right? Yeah, since June. Since June. Yeah. June, June, about two months. So yeah. a, a day trader is focused on that day. You're trying to make all your profit within the seven hours of that day. So you have to sit down and pay attention to price movements during those hours. Although over time you become so good at it, you don't have to spend the whole seven hours watching price. A swing trader. What's that? Wait for me. It's not good. You like that? Um. Yeah, I do. Uh, no, you don't know if you like it or not. You can't tell. Actually, I'm not sure. Yes. Uh, initially, when you explained the five minutes one, I I was a bit interested, and I'm seeing the the month gap. I feel just during the month uh gap thingy, I may be a bit relaxed and then check back later. Are you but sure the, about that? <laughs> would require constant attention. You you think so? You don't know yet. That's what I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's okay to think. So. For swing trading, yeah. 
you're looking at, which is actually very long. You're looking at holding, you're looking at, when you buy, for example, if you look at this portfolio here, these are stocks that I bought. I bought these stocks last week. So I have held them for five days. That's not day trading. Day trading means if I buy this morning, by the end of the day, I should have taken, closed all those positions. These are called positions, okay? This stock is one of my positions. It's a long position. Long means you're buying. Short means you are, you are not buying. You're doing the opposite. So I bought this last week. Okay. This week has closed. I'm still in those positions. So this, this positions will run into next week. So that's already two weeks. Oh, yeah. That is swing trading. Okay, so with swing trading, you are... Um, you are looking for or you are interested in greater changes in price from time to time and the duration you're looking at is between one week to some some months so if i buy here at this price of 300, I can hold it from the 15th of June and wait until price goes up. And then I can take my profit here. 340. Now look at that movement. Compare that to the five minute chart movement, which is all happening within this small candle here. It's a big difference. But yeah. you need more patience. So if you buy here, price goes up and then it comes down, you might be scared that, oh my God, what if it keeps going down? So yeah. you might not be patient enough to wait. So that's swing trading. Then, Sorry, before you move further, uh, concerning buying and selling, who am I going to sell to? When I feel like selling, when it gets to the top. The way it usually works is you, you put in an order to, if you see a stock you like, you, yeah. you put in an order to buy that stock. Someone else has to sell it to you. I see. Okay. You see something you like, you want to buy it, you have the money. There has to be somebody willing to exchange that thing for your money. So it could take, you don't have to, it's not always possible that the moment you put in your order for that item that you get someone sell it to you immediately. So you put in the order, the order needs to get filled. When it gets filled, it means someone has sold to you. So that's what we call buying. So when you buy, like that is if you put in an order here for this SPY yeah. and you get a fill, and you hold you you now own SPY, yeah. certain units of SPY, and then you get to the top here, 
and you feel you've had enough profit. Okay. What do you do? Someone else, someone else might be willing to buy at this price. So what you do is you sell to that person. So I'll definitely find someone that wants to buy at that price. You might not. But if you're willing to sell it, you can put in a sell order and wait for it to get filled. That is, you wait until you find someone who's willing to buy it. It's like, it's like a market. Think of it as a market. You are a trader. You know what traders are? People who buy and sell. It's the same yeah. concept. You're buying and selling. Same concept. No difference at all. You can also be a position trader. A position trader is holding positions for months or maybe years. A position trader could see that. You could yeah. a position trader could I don't want to use this this one. A position trader could buy here twenty sixteen hold that position until January twenty eighteen. See that? That's a lot of profit. And an investor could say, you know what? I believe in this company. And let's assume, let's assume the company went public in 2000 and no, not that one. Let's say the company goes, no, go to monthly. Yeah. Let's say the company goes public in 1994 and you believe so. Uh, the company goes public in 1994. You didn't really know much about the company. And then the company began to do well. And then something happened. Price came, comes down, goes up, comes down. And you feel, you know what? I missed out when this company went public. I didn't buy here. But now that the price is here, this five years, is that five years? No, not five years. Several years later, you say, you know, what? Years, yeah. now I'm going to, I know what this company does. I know they're going to do well in the future. I'm going to buy now because the price is cheap. The price is very similar to the price at which it went public. I'm going to buy. And you buy in nine, 2009 and you hold it all the way to 2020. That's investing, basically. And as you hold that position, the company will pay you dividends. When they make profit, they, because you are a part owner, when you buy a, sh a stock, you're a shareholder. So when the company makes profit, that profit will be distributed to the shareholders as dividend. So this is what I'm talking about. If you look at this company, Shopify, no, this one, no, eBay. Yeah, so this is eBay. eBay is a company. When eBay, at the end of each quarter, that is, Every three months, eBay will release the results of its performance. 
That's what this E is for. It's called earnings. Okay. It's how much have we made. They will provide all that data, all that information to the investors. And not long after that, they will pay dividends. That is, okay, we've made this amount of money. We're going to give you some of that money as a dividend. So you can invest in a company as you invest. When, <coughs> when the share price of the company increases, you make returns on your investment, but the company also pays you dividends. So you get dividends from time to time. See that? Regularly. I see. All the way back. So that's, that's investing. Sometimes they don't pay dividends. As you will notice, they didn't pay dividends until 2019. They started paying dividends. See that? They started here. They have to announce their earnings though. So they started paying dividends in 2019. So these are some of the considerations investors make. Does that company pay dividends? Yes. Okay, I'll invest. No, I won't invest. Things like that. So you can see there is... That if they pay dividends, when, when they realize that their profit was dropping or something? Uh, it's a decision the, the company has to make. They can suspend dividends if the company's financials are not good. Okay. They, they can decide, you know what? When we were making lots of profit, we paid our dividends. But right now, our financials are not too good. The business is not doing well. So we're going to have to suspend dividends. Or they might reduce the dividend. It's a business decision. So the, the time frame switches from not switches, it's, uh, it's like a spectrum from day trading where you're dealing with one minute, five, 10, one hour, four hours to investing, which is dealing with years. So you need to decide what, what kind of, am I, am I a trader or an investor? If I am a investing is easy because you know when I say it's easy, I mean it's easy to know your time frame. You're talking about years and months. If you're a trader, you now need to decide, okay, am I a day trader or a swing trader or a position trader? Usually day trading and swing trading. Once you get into position trading, you're already becoming an investor. So it's a spectrum. You need to decide on what you are. So that's another thing you need to pay attention to. Now you know what the market is. You know different ways to approach the market. The next thing you need to understand is how to analyze the market. How do I know if I should buy? How do I know now is a good time to buy? How do I know that this how do I know that if I buy here, this stock will not go down, it's likely to go up. Because if you buy here and the stock goes down, you lose money. But at the time, let me just play this back for you. Okay, let me go to daily. 
uh, where's my replay? Okay, this is my replay. Um, I'm gonna play this here, from here. So this is the market. We're here. You want to invest, but you're not sure yet. So you're looking at the market, you're looking, you're looking, and then you decide, you know what? It's time to invest. This company is going up. And then you buy here. Okay, see where you bought. And see what happens after you bought. See that? Where my hand is, is where you bought. Yeah. So how do you know that this is a good place to buy? or a bad place to buy. There has to be some sort of analysis that you need to do. There has to be a way to make sense of the market. Okay, so you get the idea. So you, yes, exit. So you decided to buy the stock here. And after you bought, it began to go down. What do you do? So that's another question. Answering that question of what do you do is risk management, trade management. But knowing when to buy, should I buy here or should I wait? And then you wait and wait and wait. And then it comes here and you say, now's a good time to buy. So how do you make all those decisions? By the way, this is analysis. So all assets have to be analyzed. You can analyze Forex, you can analyze crypto, you can analyze stock, futures, commodities, everything can be analyzed. So there are different ways to analyze the market. You can analyze it from a macro point of view, fundamental analysis based on, uh, how should I put it? There's, let me Google this. I want, because this is usually, misunderstood by even professionals. Uh, let, me, let me look for, I want to quote from a textbook. I don't want to just explain in my own words. Okay. Because it's very important to understand this. Mm. Oh, let me just go here, what am I doing? Okay, see when I, when I was talking about studying to know how to trade, this is what I was talking to. See all the books I have? These are all trading books, they're like textbooks. So what I'm looking for now is, I'm looking for a book by John Murphy. Hello. Yeah, what happened to your PC? Sorry. Please, can you give me five seconds? Right. Let me go to the Sorry. Am I still recording?
Yeah, I think so. Recording. All right, yeah. go. I'll, I'll look for the book. I'm looking for a book. By... Yeah, because I noticed you're looking for the book. What's his name? Yeah, John Murphy. Uh, John Murphy, Al Brooks. Yeah, this is it. Intermarket analysis of the financial markets. Okay. The visual investor, intermarket technical analysis. All right, open up, close, close, close. Okay, what am I looking for again? <laughs> Can't remember what I'm looking for. Uh, right, this is it technical versus fundamental. I want to quote from the from the author himself. What, what page number is that? Page five. Okay, where is it? Uh, yes, I have found the book. All right. Okay. Can you see this? Yeah. One of these are purchased to market. Forecasting attempts to so, solve the same problem determine so, the direction prices are likely to move. So that's just, what that's what fundamental analysis is trying to do, and that's what technical analysis does. This is the best way to explain it. The fundamental analyst is trying to study the cause of market movement. What will cause this market to move? Maybe the Federal Reserve increased interest rates. Maybe mm. there was a global pandemic. Okay, so when does it, if you look at this chart here, you must have noticed that there was a very strong or sharp decline in prices between February and March. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the question is, what cost this? This is February 19, what cost this? Mm -hmm. That's the global pandemic. So the fundamental analyst is studying, so let's assume we're still in, uh, it is still February and mm -hmm. it is, it is, the 19th of February, and you're seeing all these videos on social media about people collapsing in China, 
and you're hearing about the sickness and you're seeing that the Chinese authorities are locking down an entire city and you're hearing that it seems like this sickness has um, appeared in Italy and people are dying in Italy and you're thinking, wow, if this thing is bad in China, why are they letting people fly from China into other countries? And you're beginning to say, wow, this thing could come to my country. So how is this going to affect the market? So you are seeing the causes before it happens. You're already seeing signs that, wow, something, this, something bad is about to happen. You know what? This could affect the market. Maybe it's time to, maybe you bought here. Maybe it's yeah. time to take my profit and get out of this market because something is about to happen. So that's what you're doing as a fundamental analyst. You are looking at the, you're looking at the, the global environment. Mm. Yeah, you're looking at the environment. It doesn't have to be finance related. You're looking, you see, there's another book I have here. Okay. See this book here? It's called Intermarket Analysis. Now the technical. What was the role of the technical? Analyst. The technical analyst yeah. is studying the effect. Okay. So the technical analyst is looking at the technical analyst is looking at all those things that are happening in the global environment. China is locking down. Italy is locking down. Mm. Uh, there are no flights allowed in the U.S. And the technical analyst is not really, all of that is noise. So what the technical analyst does is he begins to look at the chart. Okay, countries are locking down. What happens? Price. Price begins to decline. Okay, flights are banned from certain countries. Price declines. Um, the first person in my country has died. Price declines. Wow. And then he now begins to study all the, let me bring this up, uh, open up. This is getting very technical now. So the technical analyst is now saying, okay, I'm hearing all these bad news. How is this going to affect, how is this affecting the stock market? So he's not only looking at price, this is the same chart, by the way. That's February. That's March. Yeah. So he's looking at the behavior of the market. And he sees that, okay, the number of stocks that are above a certain level has begin, begun, to, began to decrease. So this is an effect of what's happening in the global environment. He's also looking at um, the number of stocks that are increasing in their value. Remember, when you have a green candle, yeah. it means price closed higher. And if you have another green candle, it closes higher again and higher again and higher again. So the, fund, the technical analyst begins to look at things like this, the advanced decline line. So how many stocks are advancing? You can see all the stocks were advanced. This is the cumulative advanced decline line. So stocks were advancing until February 19, they began to decline. So the technical analyst is looking at different signs and is beginning to see, wow, I'm seeing a certain effect in the market. 
stock prices are declining. The number of stocks above the 200-day moving average are reducing. And he takes all that information into account and decides on what to do. He's not really paying attention to coronavirus. He's just looking at the market and he's seeing some signs that the market is turning downwards. The fundamental analyst is focused on not the price, but what is causing the price to behave the way it's behaving. Mm -hmm. So that's the difference. This is the best way to explain it. That's why I use that explanation. Yeah. Some people might explain it a different way. I just prefer this because it's very short and it's cool. So technical analysis, I'm reading here now. Technical analysis is the study market action. Oh, let me erase that. Technical analysis is the study of market action primarily through the use of charts. So we're looking at the chart and we're seeing the effects of whatever is causing this market action. And we use that effect to try to predict what's going to happen next. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's what technical analysis is about. So you can be a fundamental analyst or a technical analyst. So if, you're a tech, if you're a fundamental analyst and you trade stocks, it's not just coronavirus you're looking at. You're also looking at... You're looking at the financial statements of these companies. For example, um, Apple you are going to pay attention to Apple's performance. That is, you look at their income statements. Are you guys making an income or are you losing money? Mm -hmm. Look at their, you see that? This is the income statement for Apple. How much revenue did you make in the third quarter of 2020? That's... 273, is that billion or million? It's million. Should be million, okay? So that's what you made in third quarter. How about second quarter? 267, okay, so it's increasing. How about first quarter? 267.6, okay, so quarter on quarter, your revenue has been increasing. Wow, this company is doing well. So that's what you're looking at as a fundamental analyst. You're looking at revenue. You look at how much they spend on research and development. You look at um, operating income. How much does it cost you to run your operations? You look at interest payments or in, from their investments. You look at um, earnings per share, like how much earnings are there per share of your stock. You look at the balance sheet. So you need to know what these all mean and study them. Look at the inventory, look at their um, total assets, their investments, 
accounts payable, short-term debt. Is this company in debt or do they have cash at hand? Cash flow statement, net income, okay. uh, change in income, taxes, the amount of uh, debt they have issued as corporate bonds, all of that. So you have to be able to make sense of this. It looks a lot like accounting, finance. Some people hate, some people hate that. Some people don't like it. Why should I look at numbers when I can look at something nice like this? So it all depends on what you like. So that's fundamental. It's not just looking at the global pandemic. You're also looking at things like companies, how, how healthy is this company financially? You're also looking at the CEO, is this guy competent? Uh, what about the consumers or the users of the product? Are they enthusiastic? Are they happy? Do they have customers? So, so many things to consider. So you have to understand other things like the business cycle. The business cycle is referring to the overall economy, okay? So the economy moves in cycles. You have a period of contraction. The period of contraction is when unemployment begins to increase, okay? Um, the GDP of the country begins to decline. So GDP is falling, unemployment is increasing, the country is in debt, uh, companies are going bankrupt. So you, that's what we call contraction. So this is a contraction. After a period of contraction, it gets to the worst uh, possible state. Then the federal government steps in and they try to create jobs, they try to lower interest rates so people can borrow money. When people borrow money, they can now invest that money because it was cheap to borrow. And then lots of economic activities begin to take place and the, the economy begins to recover. Mm -hmm. it recovers and then it gets here and then it begins to boom. Unemployment reduces, everybody gets job, so many jobs, we can't get people to do the jobs. We have to, you know, get workers from outside the country. Everybody's starting com companies. Uh, interest, uh, inflation is reducing. So the, the economy is doing so well. So that begins to take place. And then it gets to a certain point, the economy begins to overheat. So many things are going on. You can't go any further up. It begins to decline. So it's basically a series of contraction and expansion. And then you have contraction, expansion, contraction. So the business cycle is showing you that certain asset classes will do well at different periods during that cycle. So when when the economy begins to contract, that's the time to buy bonds. 
this period. Now, you don't want to take this as a template for investing. Just, it used to work really well in the past, but I don't think it works that well anymore. But it's still a good thing to understand. But this is the, uh, this is the typical behavior of the economy. When the contraction begins, that's the time to get rid of your stocks and your commodities. You know what commodities are? Raw materials. When the economy, when economic activity is declining, nobody's building houses, so construction activities reduce. Nobody needs cement and um, bricks, and nobody is going to be using all the petrol. So all those raw materials the demand for raw materials will decline. So you, companies are not doing so well. Uh, consumers don't have money to buy another iPhone, another PC, another car. So the companies that have their stocks on the stock exchange, the stocks begin to decline. Commodities begin to decline. This is a time to buy bonds. Okay? Because... The government might need to issue bonds cheaply so you can invest in bonds, things like that. And then once that contraction gets to the worst possible state, the next direction is to go up. So that's the bottom. Then you want to start buying stocks because companies are going to start doing well from that point onwards. So you keep your bonds, start buying stocks. And then once the recovery begins, the recovery is usually due to increase in economic activity. So there will be more demand for construction. Construction requires construction workers. People start getting jobs. There's demand for bricks and cement and uh, all the construction materials, lumber, aluminum sheets. So all those commodities begin to see increase in demand. So commodities, stocks, and bonds. And then it goes up, and then this is still the recovery. Then you have the expansion. So once you get into the expansion phase, you want to get rid of your bonds, keep your stocks and your commodities until the economy begins to grow, GDP begins to increase, unemployment falls down, inflation goes down. And then mm -hmm. you get here, the top. Then yeah. So it's a cycle. This is what some people do for a living. Okay, so they this is their job. So they monitor this. This is why invest investors require a longer time frame. If you're a day trader, this is useless to you. <laughs> because you're only looking at one minute. What I'm describing here is taking years, months. So there's a cycle. You want to understand that cycle. And that cycle, the business cycle is showing the economy. There's a difference between the economy and the market. So there's also a market that you need to monitor. So the market usually leads the economy. So the blue here is representing the market, the orange is the economy. So while the economy is still trending downwards in the contraction phase, 
the market has begun to recover. Can you see that? Yeah. So the market recovers first, then the economy follows. The market yeah. tops, then the economy tops. The market begins to decline, then the economy declines. So at different phases of that cycle, you want to know whether you should invest in, this is for the stock market, by the way, should I be in technology or uh, materials, services. energy stocks, energy stocks okay. like um, Eon, British Gas, all, all that stuff. Or should I be in technology like Apple, Google, Facebook? <laughs> so that's fundamental. And all of that, all this analysis, this is fundamental analysis. Technical analyst is just looking at the chart and trying to see the effect of all that fundamental, uh, all those fundamental indicators on the chart. So you also have fundamentals affecting uh, foreign exchange. What I just showed you is fundamentals affecting stocks yeah. and commodities. Okay. Yeah, you have fundamentals affecting. Well, they're all interrelated. That's why this book is important. Intermarket analysis. Remember, you have the foreign exchange market, stock market, bond market, futures market, crypto market. There is an interrelationship between these markets. So if, if, the, if the economy begins to recover, there will be demand for commodities because economic activity begins to increase. So if there's demand for commodities, people get employed, people begin to travel, move around, that could result in the companies doing well, consumers have money, they can spend, so they're all related. People begin to need certain currencies, so they have to exchange those currencies. It's all interrelated. Uh, what am I looking for here? Why did I come here? I was going to... So, Forex market also has its, also has its um, fundamentals. So, this is a calendar of what's going to happen on the 25th of August. Mm. The Bank of Japan is going to um, reveal the results of... Uh, it's going to reveal data on inflation in the in Japan. Okay, that's very important for the currency of of Japan, the yen. Seven a.m. The Germans will reveal the results of their GDP over the past quarter. So that will give us information on whether the economy has contracted or expanded. So you have all these data 3 p.m data on new home sales are more people buying new homes or is the amount of people buying new homes reducing so that's an indicator of how well the economy is doing and then 6 30 p.m a governor and i think the canadian central bank will speak so what is he going to say? Is he going to give us um, some clues on interest rates or 
monetary policy? How is that going to affect the Canadian dollar? So you, if you are a forex trader, you want to pay attention to all of that because it gives you an idea of how to position yourself in the market. The same thing happens in cryptocurrency. You have certain events that take place. Uh, for example, there's an event called the halving. Sometimes some cryptocurrencies split into other types of cryptocurrencies. So that's called a forking. So several things happen that can affect the price of your cryptocurrency. So if you're a fundamental trader, you are monitoring all those events. So that's analysis of the market. Another thing you need to pay attention to if you are a technical analyst is you need to decide on what aspect of technical analysis you want to pay attention to. There's so many, so many things to pay attention to. So it's, you have to pick a style. Are you a trend follower? Trend following is, it's almost straightforward. What trend following is all about is, I don't care what's happening, but if I see that the chart is going up, I want to go up with it. If it goes yeah. down, I want to go down with it. Then if it goes up, I want to go up with it. I don't care what's happening in the central bank or the pandemic. I just want to follow this trend. <laughs> so overall, you're not really con concerned with this bleeps here. The overall trend is up. So you want to stay in that trend from the start till the end. And then when it goes down, that's a trend. You want to stop buying here. You want to shut this. You want to go down, make profits here. And then the trend shifts again to an uptrend. So you want to identify the trend and ride the trend. It's the most straightforward way to trade. If you want to do that, that's one way, one technique. Another very common way to trade as a technical trader is price action. You want to study price and make sense of it. There are several ways to do this. You could study patterns on the price chart. You could study patterns in the candlesticks. All these candlesticks have patterns. Okay, for example, this one right here is a doji candle. It has a meaning. So what happens there is price opens, goes up, forms a high, comes down, forms a low, and then closes at the same price it opened. So what that means is indecision. How do you spell indecision? I-S-I-O-N. I think there's an S there. C-I-S-I-O-N. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know. Whatever that is. So what <laughs> I simply mean, that doji candle is saying traders can really settle on the well, the amount of buying pressure and selling pressure is equal. So 
Buyers, in between. Buyers try to push price up, sellers try to push price down. Their, the amount of pressure is even. So we cannot decide on whether the market is going up or down. Some people pay lots of attention to those kinds of information. What is this candle telling me? This candle is telling me, wait, we cannot decide on whether price is going up or down. And what happens the next day? Gap up. See, it jumps up. So now it gaps up and then one, two, three, three days later, it gaps down. This is another pattern. This is unconnected to any of this. So we call this an island. Price was going up and now it has reversed down. So that's called an island reversal. Island reversal. So if that's the kind of thing you want to do, you need to study chart patterns, candlestick patterns, understand price action. That's how some people analyze the market. You can also pay attention to market breadth. Market breadth involves you studying the entire market, that is all the stocks in the market. How are they doing? If, if the market is going up, but it's only going up because some large stocks are pulling it up, but all the other small stocks are going down, then it shows you that there is very little participation in that uptrend. So the market breadth is actually negative. So eventually it might come down. So those are the kinds of things you study. Price action also involves things like Dow theory. Dow theory simply says, when you see a series of, so this is a low in the market. Yeah. From this low, you have a high. Then you have another low. Then you have another high. Then you have another low, another high, another low. So your trend is a series of highs and lows. So Dow theory says, when you see a low and then price makes a high and then it makes a low, but this new low is higher than the prior low. Yeah. And then it makes a high that is higher than the previous high. And then it makes another low that is higher than the previous low. So that's an uptrend. So mm. uptrend is a series of higher highs and higher lows. Higher mm. high, higher low. Mm. Higher line, higher low. That's an uptrend. So you want to be buying there. And it also says that you can summarize that trend into five waves. You have... Uh, you have, where is wave, wait, one, two. So you have wave one, wave two, wave three, wave four, wave five. Mm. So this first wave here is the accumulation phase. If you look at the overall trend, so the market has 
crushed here. People were very scared here. A lot of people took their money out. A lot of people lost everything. At this low here, people were very, very distraught. People had gone bankrupt. People had lost everything. So the general mood in the market was terrible. People were scared to death. But when you get to that bottom, some people, some large investors see the opportunity to start buying. Mm, that's true. So that's the accumulation phase. <laughs> Call that accumulation. So accumulation means buying is taking place. And then buying takes place. And then the market never goes up in a straight line like that. It goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down. Goes up. That's why we say higher highs and higher lows. You'll never find a straight line. So it goes up and then it pulls back slightly. And then it begins to go up again. Now, all those that were scared here that did not believe this was a recovery, once they see this pullback and it begins to go up, then they jump in. So all the people who missed the initial uptrend jump in here. So that is the public. Okay, I can write with this thing. So the public jumps in there. This is where you have wider participation in this uptrend. And then it comes down again, and then there's another uptrend. And when you have this uptrend, everybody, even those who never used to trade, this is where they start trading. Everybody's talking about it. Even um, you go to the hair saloon, the hairdresser is talking about buying stocks. This is where everybody jumps in. So this is the fifth wave. So this is wave one, two, three, four, five. So after wave five, you now have what's called distribution. So distribution is selling. So all those who entered here, they've made profit, then they sell. So distribution will have three waves, A, B, C. And then you have the next uptrend. Something like that. That's, that's all Dow theory. Now that distribution phase, is it necessary that one sells? No, you don't have to sell, but price could come down that low. And it could affect. Oh, you lose all. So let's say you bought here. You didn't sell. Look at where you are now. Oh, all those months of profit gone. Now, if I did not buy here, I can just buy here and we're even. So you lose all your profit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, move closer to the mic. I can hear you. No, no, no. Just, I'm just laughing about what you said. Like, if you didn't buy the you buy it, like, we are even. Like, there isn't much difference. I can, yes. I can understand. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So when you're speaking, move close to the mic. I can hear you. Okay, sorry. Okay. So that's 
Dow theory, a series of higher highs and higher lows. Dow theory, you can also use it for a downtrend. A downtrend is a series of lower highs and lower lows. So that will look like this. This is a high. So you form, so this is price goes up and then you form a low, high, low, high, low, high, low. So this high is lower than this high. This high is lower than this. This is lower than this. And this low is lower than this. This one is lower than this. This is lower than this. So your downtrend is a series of lower highs and lower lows. That's Dow theory. You can read up on all of that in, in books. Now, there is also wave analysis. I think these are the, this is all price action, by the way. Wave analysis yeah. is, I just explained, it's also similar to that accumulation and distribution phases. Wave theory is simply saying you're up. Wave theory is saying price moves in waves and there are three kinds of, no, two kinds of waves. You have an impulsive wave, very sharp, intense, goes up, and you have a corrective wave, very, uh, not very steep, looks something like that. So wave, wave analysis says the price moves in a series of waves. Impulse wave, so you have an impulse correction. Impulse correction, impulse. See that? So impulse, impulse waves are long and steep. Corrective waves are not so long and they're like zigzags, squiggly lines, squiggly waves. But it's not always gonna look perfectly like this, but it looks kind of like this. So the impulse wave could be in, the impulse wave will be a series of waves. The corrective wave will also be a series of waves. So your impulse wave could be wave one, two, three, four, five, according to your Dow theory. And then you have a correction, A, B, C. Then you have your next impulse wave, one, two, three, four, five. Then you have your correction, A, B, C. You have one, two, three, four, five, A, B, C, and so on and so forth. So we can say, we can say this is um, from here. This is wave analysis is tricky. We can say this entire wave is an impulse. It's very tricky. And you have, uh, let me look for, okay, this, yeah. this looks like, Oh yeah, that's true. This looks like an, okay. This looks like, see, that looks like a correction. Exactly. Yeah. This looks like an impulse and then correction. That's true. And then impulse. 
So you, if you study it, you begin to see it in the charts. You begin to see it. But to simplify it, when you see price going up like that, the next move, or at some point, the next move is down. If you see price moving like that, at some point, the next move is like that. Now, it's not going to be straight lines like this. It could be zigzags like that. But once you see this, it's very soon you're going to have that. Oh. Yeah. So if you, if you study, you're going to begin to see it all the time. All the time. I can even mark them out for you. Let me look for... Let me look for uh, this is SPY. Let me look for. Let's try uh, USD. No silver. Let me try silver. It's silver. Nope. So this is what I'm trying to say. Um, oh, look at my wave count. <laughs> look at this. Whoa. One, two, three, four, five. Right. Well, this, this five, wow, yeah. I drew this a long time ago. This five is actually up to that point. So this is the distribution taking place. So wave, you can see this is actually very smooth. Wave yeah. one, two, three, four. Uh, is that four? Yes, that's four. This is lower than this. There are rules to drawing this line. You can use Elliott wave rules, or you can use TD wave rules, or you can just remove all the rules and simplify it for yourself. So this is wave five. And now this is your distribution. So who knows how this is with A, B, you can have C, and then like that. So you, yeah. you never know. So this is your impulse correction, impulse. So that's what technical analysts do. But what I was trying to show you is when you see price, okay, I think I can do that here. When you see price move like that, very soon the next move is going to be up. Oh, no, not there. Up. And then when price moves like that, at some point, the next move is up. And then when it moves like that, very soon it's going to go up. So it's always moving in waves. So identifying these waves and where they will end. Identifying these waves is, is, is the beginning of the analysis. You now need to decide, okay, this wave, I've seen this wave, where is it going to end? And when it breaks out, how far will it break, up, uh, break out? You need some sort of analysis. That's, the technical, that's where the work is. Because you need that to make the right decision. Not so easy. So that's technical analysis. It's a lot, it's a lot more accessible than fundamentals. Fundamentals, 
especially for stocks. No, not for stocks, especially for assets like crypto. You, you don't really have a repository of information. You have to start trying to find all the information yourself. You have to start tracking the news, trying to see what's going on. So it's all so complicated. But with stocks, all the companies have to produce financial statements. They have to. They're required to. So you can gain access to those financial statements, study them, do your analysis. But technical analysis is accessible to everybody. It's on the chart. So that's technical analysis. Now, the next thing is you can know everything about analysis. You can know how to trade. You can have all the information. But if you don't have the right psychology, you're still going to lose money. Trading is all about psychology. There's a book I read. I don't know if it's this book. I don't know if it's this one. It defined, uh, can I control F here? Applied, oh, it's not this book. It's not this book. It defined technical analysis as, um, is it applied psychology or something like that? All you're doing as a trader is, remember, you're not the only one in the market. You have millions of people in the market. And you're all trying to buy and sell. So do you like psychology? Yes, yeah, sure. I do. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. This is all about psychology. You need to understand your psychology and the psychology of the other traders. For example, a lot of those people you're talking about who are trading, I can guarantee you they're trying to make quick profit. They're trying to make money now. So if you look at this trend from, do you know what this price is? $11. Okay, this is $11 up till here. 29. Do you know what percentage increase that is? You don't need to do the maths. I can find out faster than you can. So from here yeah. to here, 146 percent increase. Wow. Let's assume you invested $2,000 here. All your life savings. $2,000. Increase that by 146%. Now, my math is terrible, even though I'm supposed to be able to do that. I'm not so good at it. Let's ask you. I won 40%. What's the answer? I thought Google has a calculator. Yeah, the first one isn't. 
Yeah, it should have a calculator that gives you the answer. 4,800. Yeah. Okay. So, so you doubled your, you more than doubled your money. Yeah. But if you had bought silver here, okay. you did your analysis after this decline, which was from the global pandemic, by the way, you did yeah. your analysis. Wow. $11 and buying. You put all your money in there. And then it goes up to this point. Are you sure you will be patient enough to wait? Because from, from that point, from here to here is 23% increase. Are you sure that's not? Right now in your current state, Oh, my terrible maths. <laughs> Are you sure if your $2,000... My maths is not terrible. I just can't... If I don't have a pen and paper, I can't do anything. Are you sure if you... Really? Is this correct? Yeah, that's true. Remember, we did 146 before. Yeah. Are you sure that... Okay, I have to trust it. Are you sure that... If you wait, it just looks crazy. Okay, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you sure in your current state? Are you sure yeah. you invested two thousand here? And um, how many days later? Do you know these are days? Okay, this is a daily chart. So, um, oh God, I need to remove this. Are you sure that after one, two, three? Four, five. After one week, <laughs> you're already laughing. So you know, after one week, you invested on Monday. By Friday, you had made four hundred and sixty dollars. Are you sure you won't take the money and leave? <laughs> now, by by the way, you cannot see what was happening. Uh, down down the road okay this is all you have in front of you yes good so look at how price crashed price crashed from here which was from here down to here and you're mm -hmm. feeling very smart wow prices crashed 36 percent and you have made 23 percent increase wow that's some very good business you have done are you sure you won't take your 460 and go away? <laughs> well, it depends on your, it depends on many things. It depends on your analysis yeah. of how, how high your price will rise. Even if your analysis said price is going back up to this level, can you stay in that trade? Can you stay in that position? After five days, 460, this, remember, by the way, you, the way this works, you come here, you have your money in, uh, already in your account. You come here, you type silver, silver shows up, you click trade, you put 2000 and you click buy. It buys it. 
Five days later, you have $460. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So are you telling me that you will say, no, I'm going to wait longer? Now, if you were waiting, the next day, you have less than 460. Why? It's a red candle. And then the next day, up. The next day, boom. You can have oh, my God. What will you do there? You take your money. Now you don't have 460. You probably have 400. You see why I said I prefer investments? Because this is the only thing you will, let, will allow me to have IDP. Even if you prefer investment, are you sure you can wait? I can. I've waited for lesser investment before. So That's why different. would I be able to wait for this? I've this invested with banks. We bank for a year plus. That is different. Are you sure... Because this, you have control. You're looking at it every day. You can. I don't look at it every day. You're looking at your four sixty dollar profit. Next day, look at that down again. I won't look at it every day. I'll just allow it go for a while and then look at the trend. Seriously. Well, that's where your psychology comes in. You might not be able to, even if your analysis says, "Hey." this thing is going much higher. You might not be able to hold on. Even if you were able to hold on and you held till 100% recovery, okay? See that? You held on till this point. See, that is 100%. Price crashed from here, and now it has recovered here, 58%. Can you keep holding? So what, do you, what amount do you have? 3,000. Cool. And your analysis says, oh, we're just getting started. Hmm. Price is going higher. Can you, can you hold on? Remember, you managed to hold through this. You were scared to death when you held on and then you went up with paper. <laughs> and then you held on here and then you managed to, but man, you can't do it a third time. You're almost dying. You know what? I'm taking my money here. 3,600 is good. So um, that's all. If I look at the trend, you can see it's higher, um, higher, higher low. No, it's easy to say now. But it's when you're in the business. So what if, I, what if I ask you? What if I ask you? Oh, can you give me some advice? Um, I bought uh, the market. Yeah, this is, this is the stock, U.S. stock market. The market crashed. I did my analysis after the... When I saw signs of a pandemic, I took all my profits and the market crashed. Then I bought here and the market has recovered and now we're here. What should I do now? Give hmm. me some advice. Should I take okay. my money or is it going higher? Okay, I think it's going higher. It's going to fall, but it's not going to fall too low. It's still gonna, it's still gonna go higher. 
Well, you can make your money because let's see, you've made massive profits between April and um, August. Yeah. If you look at the trend, it's long. You've made <laughs> profit. But then again, I feel you still make higher profits, but there will still be a downward uh, uh, look. So it's, it's, not, it's not so easy to, to know what's going to happen. So knowing what's going to happen or having an idea of what will happen is your analysis. Okay. But even after your analysis, the price is going, price is going higher. Okay, after that analysis, yeah. can you can you hold? Sorry, sorry. Can you can you hold all the way, or will you say to yourself, you know what? I've had enough. Let me just take what I have now and go away. So this is going to be uh, a test of your psychology. Hmm. So that's one psychological aspect. Another aspect is. Let's assume you were not so observant of what was happening in the global economy or the wider market. And all the signs of the pandemic were there, but you weren't really paying attention because you're a technical trader. And you've been, you've been, you've been buying from here. You've been in profits and you were here and then the market began to crash. Remember, you bought here. Market began to crash, 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 crash. And you said to yourself, no, it's going to recover. And then, you know, from here to here, all your profits are gone. And then from here, now you're losing money. And you were holding, 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 holding. And then he gets here and you say, you know what? Oh, God. I am now losing all almost as much oh as I made in profit. You know what? I'm oh, going to no. sell. I'm going to sell oh, at a loss because I don't, want to, <laughs> I don't want to lose all my money. So maybe you have lost 50% of your investment. You invested $1,000. Now you've lost $500. And then as you sold, the market began to go up. What is that going to do to you psychologically? Psychologically, I have to prepare myself. <laughs> if, I'm, if I want to invest, I pray I make profit. You pray? I pray I make profit, right? Sincerely, the first profit I make from it is what I'm going to be using for subsequent investment. So I don't have to, you know, have an outbreak that, oh, this is my capital, like what I actually did, did, did work for. But whatever profit I make is what I'm going to keep pouring in back the investments. But say a whole capital, I know, I know, I really struggle for this thing. No, no, no. What if, this was, what if this was your very first trade? Very first trade. It can be heartbreaking. I'm going to suffer heartbreak. <laughs> How will that affect you going forward? Um, maybe, you? maybe you, maybe this happened to you, your very first trade, you were making profit, you were feeling like a boss, and then you lost ah, all sure. the profit, and then you lost half your capital. And then the you moment I see this long trend, and I see that, oh, I've gotten to that stage, and then it's beginning to drop, I'll sell it off. Because so you still have a loss? No, 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 I'm not going to allow it get there. The moment I see from the top, 
that yeah. it's dropping. Yeah. I'll look back. One thing I'll do is before I even drop to the angle where you are, I'll look back and see how far I've come. At least I can see behind. I cannot see forward. Shape. So you, you will sell here? No, I won't allow it to get to that stage. The moment I notice it's dropping yeah. from that point, I have a feeling I might go for that. I'll, I'll just sell. I know I cannot have a feeling yet. I may, I may sell there. I may, I may sell at the middle. Yeah, where exactly. Here? Yeah, around there. Yes. Right. Okay. I think that's fair enough because it won't get to the actual... Um, to the lowest part, to the lowest floor. Okay, so this happened to you in um, SPY. After that, you managed to survive, you're fine, and now you're trading, months later, you're trading, you're trading Bitcoin. This is Bitcoin you you bought here uh no let's use link link is a cryptocurrency just like bitcoin so you bought here at the very bottom oh. you rode this uptrend you survived this pullback you rode up and then just two weeks ago oh you began God. to experience this what would you what will you do here? Oh, Remember right. what just happened to you in SPY? So yeah. What do you do now? This is this is a live chart. This is today's candle. Yeah. See? You had how many? Hold on. We've had um we have had one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive days of downtrend. And today you have this green candle. What are you going to do? Are you going to wait, hoping it goes up? What if it doesn't go up and it keeps going down? So in SPY, you said you would get out here. Yeah. Now you're faced with a real situation. What are you going to do here? You already have the scars from that SPY trade. And you're looking at this right now. You're looking at this. Your money is, you're already losing your profit. There is no reason why this shouldn't continue down. I think I'll take the risk of living it, hoping that it will grow higher. Hoping. Wow. Hope. You can leave. Because that green is like, a sign of hope. <laughs> you can leave your hopes and prayers in the church. That's not going to help you in the market. It will. It will? Yeah. My goodness. That's how strong my faith is. Didn't you? <laughs> hope, prayers, and faith. Well, I can only wish you good luck. Thank you. Anyway, Thank that's you. psychology. So you, you can... Where, don't forget, you're dealing with real money here. Money you cannot, well, sometimes you cannot afford to lose. Sometimes money you've worked really hard for. So do you preserve your capital or do you, let's, let's assume you're not hoping, praying. You, are, you have actually done some analysis and your analysis yeah. says, oh, this price should continue upwards. But even in the face of, despite your analysis, yeah. This downtrend, 
Are you confident enough to trust your analysis? Yeah, I will be confident enough to trust my analysis. Because if I look at the past trend, there's been four, rise and four, rise and four. So, and it's, it's a gradual process. Okay. I, I believe it's, um, there'll, there'll be a rise, but there'll still be a fall. Okay, how about we do a quick uh, Dow theory here? Dow theory says uptrend is a series of higher highs and higher lows. So you bought here. So yeah. this high, low, high, high. low. High. high, see that? Low. That's a higher low. Okay. Are we not expecting that? Yeah, more high. Another low. Well, it's not that simple, but that's just a very basic analysis. These are some mm -hmm. of the things you look at. So, is that enough to keep you in this trade? You know what? Even though I'm losing money, right? I'm losing some of my profits. I think it's going up. I'm going to stay. I think I'll go without your. Are you sure? Remember what? Remember what happened with SPY here? <laughs> this, this was 38% uh, downtrend. And he, after this, you're feeling very smart. Oh, wow, look at what I look at what I avoided. Huh? You're feeling really smart. And you're saying to yourself, you know what? Next time, once I lose a certain percentage of my profits, I'm getting out of the trade. And then this happens. And now you've lost a certain percentage of your profit. Your analysis says it's still going up, but you are uh, you are you are trying to learn from your SPY experience. Are you sure you won't exit that trade? I think you will. I think now, you will. when you say lose a, bit, a, a part of the investment, will I recover back when it bounces up, when it goes back up? Oh, you will, of course. I'm just saying, do you have the psychological stamina to to that's why i prefer survive don't worry when you start trading you will know what it feels like yeah to lose this and then this and then this and then this and this and then this, <laughs> and then this. oh my god that's breaking oh god that is what had breaking down in relationship that is 20, 28% in six days. Okay. Oh. SPY was 30. See, this entire move here was 38%. With link, this move you're seeing is 28. Oh. So, I don't know, if that happens to you in six days, you might not be strong enough to stay in that trade so that's uh that's psychology another thing is can you survive can you hold through drawdowns so in these examples you bought here so this is simply a decrease in your profit Okay, your profit is decreasing. Now, drawdown is referring to a situation where 
you saw this, you analyze this as higher highs and higher lows, higher high, and today's date is 22. Here. So you looked at this, wow, look at this. Low, high, low, high. Wow, this is going up. And you buy here. This is where you bought. <sighs> After buying, the next day, the next day you have this and this and this and this and this and this. And we're here on this candle today. So this is what you call a drawdown. So since you bought, you have not made $1 profit. You are now 28% in a loss. Mm. So you've lost 28% of your capital. Your analysis says it's going up. So what do you do here? This is very different from the previous one. Previous one, you were in profit. Here, you have not made any profit. From day one, you were making a loss. I think I'll just give up. Like, I won't give up to remove my money, what is left. I'll just leave it there like that and see how it goes. You will leave? Are you sure? I don't think you will do that. I'm not going to remove, I'm not going to remove the money, but I'm just going to leave it there. I'll give up. I'll, I'll let that see what will happen. Like, okay, then I'm just going to have this mentality that, okay, I think it's lost. The money's gone. Move but we hope that mind. hopefully it might bounce back. But I'm not going to put too much faith in it. Hmm. Well, I don't know if that's true. Okay, it's easier said than done, right? Yeah, easier said than done. So a trader has four fears. The first fear is the fear of losing money. That's your first fear. I, I don't want to lose money. The second fear is the fear of missing out. Okay, this is very common. When someone tells you, um, someone comes to you in March and says, hey, market has crashed. Did you buy? No, the market is still crashing. Why should I buy? Okay, you didn't buy. Your friend buys here. Everybody you talk to, they tell you, wow, have you seen how the market is recovering? You say, yeah, I'm seeing it, but I don't think it's going to continue. But it keeps going up and up and up and up. All your friends have bought, but you have not bought. And they have made all this profit. So every trader is afraid to miss out while everybody's making profits. It's almost as painful as losing money. Everybody you speak to, they tell you how much profit they are making from this uptrend. And you are still holding on to your capital thinking, you know what? This pandemic is still out there. It hasn't gone away. People are still dying. I think this market is going to crash again. So I'm just going to stay in cash. And all your friends are making money. So you are missing out. That's another very common fear of a trader. Can really mess with your head. Another fear is the fear of we call this leaving money 
on the table. That's what I was explaining with leaving money on the table. That's what I was explaining with silver. Let me explain that with gold. So you bought here, price goes up, and then it comes down, but you hold. It goes up, it comes down. Wow, second time. Then it goes up, then it comes down, and you say, you know what? <laughs> I'm just going to take my profit. And then you take your profit here. The day after you take your profit, oh, this happens. So you have, this is the entire move. Okay. Lesser lesser. So what you have done is the profit you could have made is this entire range, but you have now left with less than half. So you've oh, left yeah. all this money on the table, free oh money, God. just left it there. See, there was hardly any pullback. It was just straight up. So you've left all that for easy money. You could have doubled your money easily. So you left all that money on the table. So this is a very painful one. And the reason it's painful is because it's very likely that when you see all that money you're missing out, it's combined with fear of missing out. But this is mostly fear of leaving money on the table. When you realize, man, I'm leaving all this money on the table, you say, you know what? I'm going to jump back in. And then you jump in here. <laughs> Happens a lot. So you bought here, you took all your profits here, then it starts going up. You say, you know what? I'm just going to buy again. And then you buy again here. And then it goes down. And then when it goes down, <laughs> you see, this is related to drawdowns, losing money, fear of losing money. What do you do now? Oh, God. Let's say you bought here. What do you do now? Do you stay? What if it goes down? And then all your experience from SPY and the other okay. crypto. You know what? You say, you know what? I'm just going to take this loss. After all, I made some profit. So it takes, uh, it takes years for your psychology to be right. Your psychology is very important for you to understand that it's okay to leave money on the table. That's why when you buy here, you need to say to yourself, how much am I expecting to make here? If your target was to this level, price rises here, take your profit. If price keeps going up, you don't care. Why? You have hit your target. So it's going to take a while for you to be that um, focused and disciplined. Like, okay, when I buy here, I'm only, I will be happy with a 20% uh, move. And then get your 20% move, take your profit, I'm out. Doesn't, doesn't matter what happens there. I'm going to wait for the next correction. Why? Because you know eventually there will be a correction. And then price will go back up. So you're waiting. And then this happens, and then you buy again. So it takes a while. The last, the last fear of the trader is the fear of being wrong. Very important. Fear of being wrong.
So the way this works is you have the current price is here. Uh, so let me see. No, not this. So this is where we are now. You've done all your analysis. No, let me use something else. How about this? This is today's date. You've done all the analysis. Your analysis says the price of Bitcoin has been increasing from here onwards. It will continue to go up from 10,000. I think my analysis says it's going to 12,000. So you're expecting it to go up and then you buy here. So your analysis says we're going to see 12,000. After you buy, that happens. So your analysis is wrong. So this has happened. You're afraid. What do you do here? You know, okay, my analysis was rubbish. It was wrong. What do I do? Do I sit in this wrong analysis? Or... Do I just get out? It's unstable. It's so unstable. You can't actually predict. Well, I, I can't even make a prediction yet. I, I'll just get confused. That's the <laughs> one. It's so tricky. I don't know if I should look back or I should look. It's just... <sighs> yeah, it looks like you're gambling, right? Exactly. <laughs> well, looks like you're gambling. That, that's why... Those guys that are telling you to come and invest, <laughs> you think they know what they're doing? Or That's what I want to learn from an expert. I told my friend, my, which is because after you told me that I didn't show interest, then my friend told me, his friend told him about it, and they're making it from me, and it's interested and all. See, it's, it's not my you know, concept, sort of. I said, okay, I'm going to speak to you and know more about it. Well, um, a, lot of, a lot of people are gambling, though. Because you, you can't really know what's going to happen. So fear of being wrong. Like you've bought here. You're expected to go up. Now it's going down. Wow, my analysis is wrong. Maybe you speak to your friend. Your friend says, why did you buy here? Don't you know it's going down? Can't you see? And then after you did this, your friend begins to tell you, what is wrong, what is wrong with you? Can't you see that the trend is down? And this is the correction. The next trend is down. And you speak to someone else, they say the same thing. You watch uh, YouTube videos, they say exactly the same thing. And it seems like you're the only one who analyzes it to go up. And then you realize, wow, your analysis is wrong. Oh my. But you do that. And then after you spoke to all your friends, you watch the videos, it continues to go down. And now you are like 30% in, in a loss. <laughs> so that's another fear. So the trader has four fears. Four very important fears. Fear of missing out. Fear of losing money. Fear of, fear of being wrong. Being wrong, your analysis. Leaving money on the table. Very painful. Yeah, that one is the, it's the most painful. Leaving money on the table. <laughs> you, that, that is actually, 
say this too. Leaving, uh, where's my, leaving money on the table and missing out, they're actually the, the mildest fears. Because, really? yeah, as a, over time, as you mature, your psychology becomes rock solid. If you did not analyze this asset, and this asset goes up like that, and everybody's telling you how much they made, you say to yourself, you know what? I didn't analyze it. I'm not going to trade what I did not analyze. So you guys are making money, good for you. But I'm going to trade, I'm trading something else. Right <laughs> now, I'm not going to jump in here. So over time, as you mature, missing out, you don't care. It doesn't bother you. Leaving money on the table, once you set your target okay price is here your analysis says price is going to increase to that level when it gets there i take my profit and as part of your analysis you need to determine your risk so risk management is another big area that i'm not going to talk about so when you analyze your risk you're simply asking yourself how much am i willing to lose in order to make that amount of profit so let's say uh let me bring up this long position so let's say you buy here this should be shaded let me see if i can shade it okay so Risk is simply saying, how much am I willing to lose in order to make a certain amount of profit? Am I willing to lose 38% in order to make 87%? That's a risk reward ratio of about two to one. Sorry, yeah, reward risk. So your reward is twice the size of your your risk is that making sense yeah so what you're saying is i have um let's assume this is uh, this is eight dollars mm. i am willing to risk um so this is this this is eight sixteen. I'm willing to risk eight dollars to make sixteen dollars. Does that make sense? So all right, I have a certain amount of money. Uh, I don't mind. I don't mind. Let me delete this. I don't mind risking $8 if it gives me the opportunity to make $16. So that's a good reward to risk ratio. What you don't want to do is you don't want to, you don't want to risk, uh, you don't want to risk 32, let me put it this way. You don't want to risk 32 dollars to make $16. Mm. Is that making sense? 
Yeah. You don't true. risk all of this to make this small amount. You want to make, you want your risk reward ratio to be skewed towards your reward. So the point I'm trying to make here is before you place the trade, you need to say to yourself, okay, at what level will I know that this is related to the questions I was asking you previously. At what level will I know, okay, this trade, so let's say you buy here and instead of going up like that, it begins to go down. So it goes down, you're losing, but you know what? I'm, I'm comfortable with this amount of loss. It continues to go down, you know what? I'm comfortable. It continues to go down, you know what? I'm comfortable. And then it begins to go up and then you make your profit. You take your profit or it goes down and down and down and down and down. And then it crosses that amount. You say, you know what? I'm no longer comfortable. I will take that loss. So when you place the trade, you need to set your risk and reward. You need to know how much you are willing to lose. And once you hit that amount, you take that loss and you look forward to the next trade. Mm. It doesn't matter if you only exceed that amount by $1. Once you get to that amount, just take that loss. Move on to the next trade. Because if you keep waiting, that's how your risk-reward becomes... Uh, if, if price goes towards your stop-loss, and you say, you know what? I'm going to keep waiting. I hope it turns back. Then all of a sudden you discover you're waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And before you know what, your risk reward becomes something like this. And eventually you can't take it anymore. You take your loss. You now take a loss that is far greater than the reward you were expecting. So that's risk management. It's arguably the most important aspect of trading. If you're an investor, now you can, let's assume you were an investor and you were trading, let me look for AMD. AMD's, okay, before I go there, let me delete all of this. AMD is an interesting stock. Wow, that's a lot of brushes. Close that, delete this. All right, AMD. Let's say you were an investor. Oh, this is a good stock. Switch to the weekly. Yeah, let's say you were an investor. AMD is a very good company. They make all these chips you have in your laptop. I don't know if you've heard of them before. So, do you know AMD? You just said it, that they make chips in my laptop. Yeah, have you heard of AMD before? No. It's like Intel. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm just sitting on my laptop now. I've got the... My goodness. <laughs> AMD A6. Okay. So, they make all these um, chips that make your laptops function. I see. Very good company. 
their products are always bought by companies that make laptops. So they have customers to make them profit. But the stock can go up and down and up and down. So let's assume you're an investor in 2002. You wanted to buy AMD, but for some reason you didn't buy and price begins to go up, 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 up. And it gets here and you say, you know what? AMD is a good company. I know this company, they're doing very well. I'm just going to invest. And then you invest here. And then price begins to fall and falls and falls and falls and falls and falls and falls. What do you do? Do you get out of the position or do you wait? You're an investor, you know, now this is also based on your analysis of that company. Is it a company you believe in? Do you think, oh, this company is actually doing well. Why is the stock price going down? So for a stock, you can actually be very lenient with your risk management. You still need risk management, but you need to be, well, not necessarily with a stock, as an investor. You know, there's a difference between day trading and investing. If you're day trading and you're looking at one minute, one hour, four hour time frames, you need to be very strict with your risk management. If you're an investor and you bought in 2006 and price declines by like maybe, I don't know, that's like 100%, no, whatever that percentage is, you can actually ride this all the way down, hold it through this period, and then it goes back up. Mm. Now you're in profit, almost doubled your money, if not doubled your money. So with investing, the dynamic is a bit different. You need to take all these things into consideration when you decide if you want to be a trader or an investor. Now, this is also uh, going to be important when you're deciding on what to trade. If you're trading uh, currencies or commodities, they're very cyclical. They go down, then they go up, then they go down, then they go up, then they go down. So with the stock market, if you pick certain stocks, they, t- they tend to, I didn't say they always, they tend to go up only. So it's a bit tricky. If I show you a stock of Apple now, can you see AMD? This is, this is yeah. the this is the monthly chart for AMD. You can see it goes up, it goes down, it goes up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. In a year, it could be down, and then the next year, it could go up. Well, this is, a, this is more than a year. This is 20, yeah, 2003, and this is 2000. It could be three years. So for three years, you could be in a, at a loss in your investment. Ah. Yeah, three years is a short time in an invest for, for an investor. You could be down for three years. You could be down for four years. If you bought here, so this is 2006. 
So your investment is at a loss from 2006 till 2020. See that? What's the difference? What if someone buys and sells on tax interest? It will still meet up with someone that invested in 1990. Yeah, but what if what if you bought here, and the person you're talking about buys here? You're not equal. True. So, so this is the chart for AMD. Now look at the chart for Apple. Same monthly chart. See the difference. Oh my God. Yeah. See, this is Apple. So that is classic Dow theory. It's been in an uptrend for forever. So high, low, high, 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 low, high, 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 low, higher, high, higher, low, higher, high, higher, low. So it has never formed a lower low. So that's the thing about stock trading. You have lots of stocks like this, that if you buy, so with these kinds of stocks, if you buy here and price comes down, you know what? I'm not bothered. Even though that is a 38% decline, you know what? It's Apple. It doesn't bother me. I'll wait. Okay. 2012, you don't even have to wait for more than a year. See, 2012 to 2013. What happens next? Apple goes up and then it comes down. 2015 to 2016, another year of decline. And then what happens? Up again. It never, never makes a lower low. And there are lots of stocks like that. It's not just Apple. There's several. Can look at um, uh, what's another one I can look at? Um, Microsoft. See Microsoft? Mm -hmm. Same thing. Well, not exactly the same. Microsoft had this period here where it wasn't going anywhere. But even if you bought here, you just have to wait a very long time and then look at this. Mm. So, it's a bit different with currencies and, and commodities and cryptocurrencies because you don't really know what's going to happen. So that's another thing to consider for your psychology. So fear of missing out, fear of losing money, fear of leaving money on the table, fear of being wrong. So another thing you need to consider for your psychology is if you do all your analysis, for example, right now, this was February high. There was a pandemic. Stock market crashed. Now let's use the S&P for this. SPY. So you did all your analysis in February and you realized, wow, there's a global pandemic coming. The stock market might crash. So you sell take all your profits and rightly so the market crashes because of the pandemic and then price begins to increase 
But according to your analysis, this should not happen. Price should continue to go down. Why? Because the pandemic is still going on. People are still dying. They're still locked down. Um, schools are still not open. You do all your analysis and you say, wait, this market should not be going up. Why? Because all the causes of this decline are still there. So this should go down. So in, in psychology, you need to decide if you want to be right, that is R-I-G-H-T. Do you want to be right or do you want to make money? Can you see the point I'm trying to make? Yeah. Do you want to be right? That is, according to my analysis, there's a pandemic and that pan my analysis was correct. The market went down. That analysis is still correct. This market should continue to go down. So while everybody is buying and making money here, you are not buying. Why? Because you think you are right, that my analysis is right. This market should not go up. Or if you want to make money, it doesn't matter what your analysis is. This market is going up. So I'm buying, even though I know it doesn't make sense. I am buying. So which one? It's, a very, it's very difficult. It might look easy to you. But deciding whether you want to be right or whether you want to make money is a psychological challenge for a lot of people. For a lot of people, especially when you are 100% correct that your analysis is right. There's no way this market should be going up when the economy, unemployment, I don't know if you follow the news, but unemployment is the highest in history. Government debt is extremely high. People have lost jobs. Companies have gone bankrupt. Schools have closed. Restaurants have disappeared. Nobody's going. Like, how? So what is causing this market to go up? And you say, no, I'm not going to buy because this market must come down. So that's a very challenging one. So psychology is very, very important in trading. Very, very important. And then you also want to, this, is, this one is very difficult. Tracking smart money and dumb money. You have smart money, the people that move the market, the institutions, the investment banks, the hedge funds, all these Wall Street guys. You want to see what they're doing and you want to follow what they're doing. You also want to know what the dumb money is doing. Dumb money are those people like you and me. We only have maybe $2,000 to invest and we are buying and selling. So we are not the ones that move the market. We are at the mercy of those who move the market. So you want to trade with, dumb, with smart money. Not so easy to determine, but if you can, it's good. So that's another aspect. Then after that, you need some tools to be able to trade. One of those tools is what I'm using right now, TradingView. 
is how you view the chart the price you want to be able to see the price of each asset you want to see price of sp you want to see price of bitcoin this is bitcoin you want to let me delete this you want to see the price of gold doesn't matter what asset it is if you mention it price of gold price of the us dollar index price of nasdaq price of commodities index so you want to be able to draw you want to be able to um, do several things you see all those things i was doing you need certain tools you want to draw a if i come here you want to be able to look at an area like this and draw a ch channel see that all these tools you need things like this so trading view is a tool uh this is coifin you see when i was doing the when i was looking at the financial statement for apple you see this is another tool you want to be able to see when i was looking at market breadth i used stock charts you want to be able to use tools like this sometimes you want to use some other tools like sentiment daily sentiment index you see this is telling you how smart money is positioned in the market so you want to look at that you want to use some tools like um what is this this will also show you sentiment fear and greed index that's another thing linked to psychology when everybody's greedy greed simply means the market has gone up but it has overextended like this uh, i'm sure you nasdaq nasdaq is here so look at this look at this market this was february the pandemic crash and since then this market has look at this this high hardly any opportunity for you to buy if you didn't buy here why look at the high low very shallow next high next low next high next low next high next low high low so this and then you have this uh consolidation here and then another low and then high so if i if i put all of this within a channel it will look like this i can draw i can draw this entire move in the channel see that yeah. it's not even narrow enough it's so narrow it's unbelievable so we have gone past the previous high this was the all-time high in february price had never closed higher than that can you see throughout history that was the highest high and then in this environment with the pandemic still going on 
see how steep this uptrend is. There's hardly any opportunity for you to enter the market here. So you want to be able to view things like this. And you need some tools to analyze it. So that's uh, NASDAQ. So you need several tools. Lots of tools are available for you to use. And then after you get all your tools, you need to be able to pick, let's assume you're a stock trader. You need to be able to pick the right stocks. So you need to have a methodology for finding these stocks. A very simple method you can use is look for the sector that is performing, that is the best performing sector. So you know all these stock markets, all these economies, you have different sectors. You have the technology sector, healthcare, um, industrials, materials. So look for a sector that is performing very well. So these are the 11 sectors in the US. The best performing sector over the past week is technology. You can see that. Over the past one month, still technology. Over the past three months, still technology. Okay, I want to go into technology. Within technology, the best performing industry is computer hardware over the past three months. Okay, what about over the past one month? Still computer hardware. What about one week? Okay, I'll go into that industry, find the best performing stock. Over the past week, it's this stock. And then over the past one month, it's this one. Over the past, now notice Apple is at second. Over the past three months, it's another stock. Apple is here. So Apple is consistently performing well. So over one week, Apple is there again. So Apple is consistently in the top five. The others keep rotating. So you can now say, you know what? I'm gonna select between Apple, uh, which other one? Three months. Apple and this stock, QUMU. And then you go into the chart and you try to view the price action of Apple, AAPL. And then you look at the stock, the chart. Wow, that's good. You want to be in a stock like this. So you can pick Apple. The other one is QUMU. Look at this one. Maybe you like this one. You can pick. So you have to have a method or a methodology for picking stocks. And there are several ways you can do that. This is just a rough example. So that is a brief summary of trading. That has lasted how long? Too long. Right. We're going to stop here. Justin.